Welcome back to the Crooked Spine Show. Do you like to work hard, but sometimes feel like it stresses you out? This talk will understand exactly identifying high-functioning anxiety, how to overcome it, and supporting people that have it. Lisa Van Heishout, she has done a phenomenal job with my interviews so far, and this one is even better to help you understand exactly what the symptoms are, how to recover from it naturally, and understanding how to be aware of when you do in situations. She is the founder of LV Wellness, and she explains exactly how it overall works. Here's how it's the overall show. We first go over her background and why she specializes in helping people with this condition, other conditions too. And exactly how, when you're high function anxiety or have that stress state, how it affects your overall hormones, your libido, and even more than that too. Also too, understanding too, as another topic in our talk, is how rest, being restful, is actually productive in your overall gaining your energy back. Understanding what is low energy and how do we get this, how does it affect your overall hormones causing cortisol cycles, things like that we talk about too. Understanding, and if you went to your medical doctor, how that overall help you and help your overall body get better, what the kind of testing you would do and it would be effective or not. Understanding hormonal balances too when they, you are stressed or high function anxiety. Understanding how to adjust your daily routine over time after you've done Lane's three-hour assessment with her, which sits down and does a one-on-one with you to help your overall body get better over time. Also talk about too, how it affects your overall nervous system and how to make sure your body long-term, short-term adjusts to that stress level. Understanding too how you talk to yourself and people around your community can help you or hurt you. Understanding too how you cook and how you eat affects your overall ability to handle stress better or worse. Understanding how movement too can be good or bad to get you out of the stressed and anxious state. And she also talked about her group coaching and also her free ebook of free energy, understanding how it helps your overall body improve. So go enjoy talking to my friends. How we have links in her show, how to get to connect with her. She's a phenomenal job. She has great workshops, group or one-on-one. Enjoy. Get yourself healthy and stay healthy, my friends. Have a good week. We'll see you next week. All right, another live show, Crooked Spine Show. Then Lisa out. She has been on the show before, Miss Lane. She's a functional medicine clinician. I want to say a practitioner clinician. She knows her stuff. This is her third show with me. She has a great topic which could help all of us, including myself, because I know I'm not perfect. But tells me I'll be damn not, but she's she knows her stuff too. A lot it's called high functioning um, anxiety, which I, I can identify for part of it too. We can all identify the spectrum. Also, how do we identify with it and how do we overcome it? That's our topic today. She knows her stuff. She has great ebooks. We'll talk about at the very end too. Let's go through the topics and introduce your first lane. Introduce yourself. So why you got into this? What's going on? Yeah. So I'm Lane. I'm a functional health practitioner. I've actually been in like the health and wellness space for over 13 years. I run and own my um, personal health coaching company where I specialize in really helping women get to the root cause of their um, stress, help them balance hormones, increase daily energy, all using like a natural root cause approach so we can figure out, you know, why they're struggling. Like we want to get to the root causes. And I'm really passionate about passionate about like this topic in general, because I went through my own health journey dealing with tons of burnout, lots of stress and anxiety. My sleep was terrible and really discovered that I had all of these adrenal adrenal imbalances and that left me like struggling a ton. But thankfully I learned strategies to really help my body rebalance. I addressed the root cause reasons that I was dealing with those things and it eventually shifted my whole career to be able to help other women going through something similar. So it's really cool to see how things come full circle sometimes after going through that myself and now supporting others in reaching their wellness goals too. Well, a lot of it is you're, you're in the healthcare field. So going through an experience like that, now you know how you can help 
yourself, but also reaching out to someone else too is huge because now you're helping someone beyond yourself. You're being selfless in the sense where how do I share the information and learn more as you go through different clients? I think your topic today, the anxiety, high function anxiety, it can help anything out there for everyone to deal with, correct? Yeah, it can help so many people because I think we all struggle with stress to at least some extent. And many people deal with like anxiety, whether they have recognized it as anxiety or not. But and that's something that we'll kind of talk through today is like what might be a form of anxiety that you haven't considered before and, mm -hmm. you know, what we can do about it. And this time of year, too, being December 2022, looking at basically the holidays coming up. Great time with family. Yay. Everything's a Christmas carol, whatever. Uh, we have, if you're into World Cup or even football too, all these things can add into accumulate to affect your body. So let's go through the topic and see what would you define if you want to call it as anxiety than high functioning anxiety lane. So when I think of like high functioning anxiety, it's like our high performers. We like work really hard. We're very, we have very high standards for ourselves and others. Some may even like consider themselves a perfectionist. I know I have identified with that in the past. It's a work in progress, but we think that stress like this is normal. We think that this is just how we are, but it really, we're just managing it well. We're just like still able to perform despite the anxiety. And we're often really uncomfortable with like slowing down and actually having downtime and being still. It can be really hard. I find myself overthinking a lot. People struggle a lot with like self-doubt, even this like panic feeling, like this urgency. Like if you don't get it done right now, then it's terrible. Something terrible is going to happen, Have, has to be done now. And yeah. this can really leave people feeling tons of like other hormonal imbalances because cortisol is our stress hormone, is our master hormone. And when that's off balance because of ongoing stress, that leads to other hormonal issues, especially um, with like some women's hormones like progesterone, but also thyroid. So a lot of people can end up struggling if their stress continues to go on and they just live this way for years and years is low libido. That's a huge one and is actually like the number, the number one cause of low libido in women is stress. And that's because of how our hormones shift because of stress itself. People can feel burnout, just like totally run down eventually, especially if it keeps on going. And some people even feel wired, but also tired. So, you know, like when you're just so exhausted during the day, you try to sleep at night, you want to sleep because you're tired, but your brain decides, no, we're not that tired. We're going to keep thinking of all the things our heart races sometimes. And so that's like your body's wired on adrenaline. That's usually adrenaline pumping through but you're exhausted because you've just, you probably didn't sleep well the night before. So it can just lead to like a, a, a constant spiral of being stuck in this exhaustion, but then can't sleep. And then people also have a lot of cravings sometimes with this, they can be sweet or salty. And that has a lot to do with our stress hormone, um, cortisol, adrenal issues, also blood sugar issues. And sometimes it can even progress to like having brain fog, weight gain, um, hair loss. It really just depends on like how your hormones are shifting and how your body's adapting to it. Well, a lot of it is you're, you're saying to someone who's, who's say, for example, likes to work hard, likes to be responsible, likes to be self-driven. They can get to the point. Okay. That's good. And all of a sudden your body goes, that's too much. So mm -hmm. like you said, some people like you, like myself would be okay. If I have to work this much, I want to work hard on this and, and everything inside and outside my, my chiropractic practice, I need caffeine. I need this sugar rush. 
I need to stay up late. I need to go to go to go wake up early. So you're getting lack of sleep. Your whole body's now have adjust that. It, like you were saying, you can adjust so much. All of a sudden, it's a stress level. And your body reacts by having hair loss, low libido, having an attitude change, um, and, and your overall your your outside projection becomes, hey, I'm having problems. You don't see that sometimes. Exactly. And one thing that I think we can all benefit from hearing sometimes is especially when we're like, we are very productive people, high performers. Mm -hmm. And like, we always want, we have these goals we want to reach, mm -hmm. but something that I have learned over the years is that rest is also productive. And that's really hard to hear and understand sometimes because you're like, well, how can I rest and still get things done? Like that doesn't go together. But sometimes when you do give your body what it needs in that way, you can have that much more energy and focus and drive to do the things even better that you were going to do anyway. It's almost a quality versus quantity. If you want to call it mm -hmm. rebuttal or tug of war is can yeah. I work and work efficiently and work with high quality versus just get through the day. And, yeah. and, or, and is it some people are say, for example, high energy or have good high energy morning and some in the evening. Do you see that some of your clients too? Yeah. So energy is a very big topic with my clients because most of them are like, I can sleep all night. I'm still exhausted or they're not sleeping. And of course they're still exhausted or, you know, any, anywhere in between. So yeah, a lot of people are really tired in the mornings. Like they don't have that morning burst of energy, but then it can be spiking kind of in the, the later evening or in the middle of the night. And that's because of our stress hormone cortisol. It should be rising early, early morning, like after, right after we wake up. And that's what gives us that kind of get up and go. Let's conquer the day. And then it trends down gradually and it's its lowest, you know, close to midnight. And that promotes rest. When we have this ongoing stress, that cortisol output from our adrenal glands can certainly get dysregulated because that's our body trying to adapt and compensate to our lifestyle. And it can really just change the way the cortisol is coming out. So it will have low cortisol in the morning and higher at night, you know, kind of the opposite of what we really want. It's almost like you're always like going through different times when you guys know how to, how to adjust to what your day is or your night is, correct? Your whole month throws everything off. Yeah. And you know, one really important thing that I think everybody should know is that your body is so smart. It is doing all of these things and these adjustments. It is compensating to the best of its ability to, to protect us. It's not because it's gone haywire or gone rogue or trying to, you know, get back at us for something. It's really here to protect us. It's just adapting to the environment that we're forcing it to live in. And if you're going to a, for example, medical doctor and going, hey, I'm having all these symptoms, I can't sleep well, I'm losing my hair, I have low libido, what's their number one thing they're going to help you with medically? Uh, they would probably check just some basic labs. Um, obviously, different providers are different. They might be a little bit more aggressive, a little bit less aggressive, but probably just some basic labs. I often see people who come to me with just like a TSH when they're checking their thyroid. So usually it's normal. If it wasn't normal, they would have gotten more workup. But if it is normal, it kind of stops there a lot of times, which is really unfortunate because it is such a small piece of the story when we're talking about um, symptoms like that, like exhaustion, weight gain, hair loss, um, stress, depression, anything like that. So you always want to look a little bit deeper. Uh, I know it, especially if you were to ask for like a cortisol level, you're going to get one. And 
it might be helpful, but it's probably not going to be that helpful because it's just a very small snapshot in time of what your hormones are doing. And what I love to do is to get like a four point cortisol curve. This looks at like early, early morning, right after waking. And then two more times in the day to see like the whole picture of it and see, are we on the normal like circadian rhythm essentially? So you probably get very basic labs, but definitely advocate for yourself and try to get some more insight with that when you can. Well, I like that because you're going, how do I check someone throughout the day, their normal daily routine? Because your levels are going to change all day long, even at night too, versus just one snapshot on a Tuesday when they go get labs done or whenever they can. So you're looking at the whole person, their well-being as it adjusts and adapts throughout the day versus just one, one, if you want, again, one, one snapshot. Right. And, you know, even beyond that, it's, well, what do you do about it? We have these labs. If they're normal, you know, then there's probably, they're probably not going to get a ton of like good support because they don't like, where do we, what do we do with this type thing? But even if they're abnormal, you have to address the root causes. You can't just be like, oh, well, here's some steroids to boost your cortisol. Like that's not a, that's not a solution. And, 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 And tell the audience, why do you not want to if you want to call it medicate or give a hormonal, if you want a replacement, if someone's hormone levels are just down for one reason, why is that a bad thing for the body? Well, so for one reason, it's not addressing the root cause at all. And beyond that, it's actually suppressing your body's natural creation of these hormones. So yeah. if you're, for example, uh, and you know, this, I'm not trying to like put an umbrella term over all like hormone replacement or anything necessarily, but if you're going to be supplementing with any hormone, that's going to tell your body, well, we don't need to make any more because we have some coming in and that's going to naturally turn off that production of, you know, cortisol, for example, or thyroid hormone, for example, or estrogen, progesterone, you know, whatever it may be. And it's going to downregulate the creation of that, which is just going to keep you kind of where you are. You know, the, the prescriptions may help symptomatically, but they're definitely not root cause. That's obvious. Okay. Maybe you have this problem going on. Like you said, it's finding root cause, finding what's wrong with the person's, if you want to call it lifestyle well-being, if they're having these problems, come back and come, come back, come back, back. So they're coming to you because they're already gone sometimes, like like me. They've already gone to medical doctor. They've already gone to urgent care. They've already gone to seeing different medical doctors, use your health, health insurance. And they're going, okay, how, do you, how can you help someone differently? Because look at someone's well-being, the root cause, not just their labs or their, their one symptom per se, their hair loss, libido, or their fatigue. You're looking at the whole person. Yeah. That's all for Good, good, good. And, and with what's going on too, how would you describe their, if you, how do you, how do you evaluate their work life, work life and home life balance? Or how do you usually assess that? Well, when I, whenever I'm meeting like a brand new client, we have a 90 minute consult. So we get very, very detailed into not only like their medical, like health history, but also their lifestyle. So we really get an understanding of like, Um, how much do they sleep at night? What is their job like? And like, how much stress is that contributing? So that gives me like a good baseline understanding of like kind of where we're starting. And then it helps me kind of also see like, what can we touch on that could be attainable changes that they can start to shift into that can without uprooting like their entire life. Cause we can't just like change our job and snap of a finger, like, you know, (laughs) whatever the stressor is that's causing us, we have to work with it. And so we're trying to like optimize routine and other like lifestyle habits that can set them up for success despite having a stressful job or whatever it may be. It's almost like, I remember a patient came in one time 
and they were being and it was the it was the husband and he came in all mad because he got his doctor goes well if the job's causing you so much stress causing your back pain neck pain just quit your job guys like <laughs> my job supports my family what about to do i'm not gonna quit my job leave the dog and move out of state no that's even that makes more stress but again it's looking at we talked a second ago it's looking at that one event that one symptom causing stress to the body versus the overall person. So with your assessment, do you assess also uh, what their, if you want to call it their uh, self-care is too in their life? Definitely. Um, and a lot of people just don't really provide them any self-care because we're so, just as in human nature, like we serve others so often. That's we're serving others in our job, usually in our family, whether you're married, have children, have, uh, you know, other family members that depend on you. So we give so much of our energy to others that we maybe not be left with, but so much for uh, us. And night. so that can be a really hard thing to overcome because you don't understand how you can possibly have energy to give to yourself when you don't have any energy left over period. So it's really I'm definitely looking into how can we restructure their routine, like I mentioned, and where can we like put energy, like channel it in another way that allows us to give self-care, even if it's like, for example, like you have um, tons of chores to do at home after you worked all day, you're going to fold laundry. So instead of folding laundry and just listening to like the news or ruminating like a stressful conversation in your head or having like a stressful conversation in person, put on like some soothing music, or like some meditation music, and that will help your body kind of reprogram, even if it's just a little bit. All we need to do is a little bit at a time, like these small steps can make a big difference. So things like that are really nice to incorporate just in your day-to-day -day routine and finding where you can kind of tweak um, some of the, just the things that we do. I like it because you're looking, okay, if we can't do an action because I have to fold laundry, I have to do dishes, um, or do something, whatever it might be, as part of my, my daily routine, uh, at that point, can I do something that's either auditory or visual to help my body relax? Yep, exactly. You, right? And we talked about hormones a little ago too and stress. How does the nervous system work with keeping our body in a stress state or, or an anxious state um, or a relaxed state? So, and this is really the root of why all of that, why we feel this way. Like, why is this happening? So we have two nervous system states as our parasympathetic and sympathetic. When we're stressed, our body thinks we're running from a bear. We're automatically going to quickly go into a parasympathetic or sorry, a sympathetic nervous system mode. That's where we fight, flight, hide, freeze. This helps ensure our survival. So our body is going to pump out stress hormones, cortisol, adrenaline, norepinephrine. This is going to allow us to react quickly, to run fast from that bear. And it gets the blood flow into all the organs that we need to be able to do those things. Then when the threat is gone, so the bear is gone now. We should be able to flip back into our parasympathetic state. This is where we rest, digest, we heal, we thrive. All of that has to happen in a parasympathetic state. It will not happen in sympathetic fight or flight. So the problem is, is that our stress doesn't go away a lot of times. There's not an actual bear there, but there's always work, family, life, modern day stress. And um, it it's really hard for the body to feel safe and flip back into parasympathetic when we're constantly feeling like we're threatened in some way. It's almost like we can't get out of that. We can't get that balance back because I look at stress is not a bad thing. We can't that balance of, of having the stress. Boom. That's gone into a relaxed state. We haven't given ourselves time to actually, and I want to say enjoy, 
but be in both states at the same time, and even different times. So end of the day, we don't net out that stress. We don't get our body to actually get to that deep delta REM sleep where we can actually recharge for day two, three, four, five, correct? Exactly. And, you know, one really um, important point is that is our brain that is deciding that we're stressed because it feels that the threat is there and you cannot trick your brain into feeling less stressed. You can't just say, I'm going to feel less stressed right now just because like I need to, I'm going to tell my brain to turn off like the fight or flight that doesn't work. So you have to convince your body through a physical, through physical and mental work that you are actually safe. You can relax, you can rest and like go into this parasympathetic mode. So it can be a a challenge, especially when we've been used to feeling like this for so long and we have all these expectations and these deadlines and to-do lists, but we have, if we really want to thrive in life, we have to be able to flip back into parasympathetic much more than we already are so that we can actually heal, thrive, and do all those things that we want to do. And with, and with someone's language, how they talk to you, how they talk to their friends, family, coworkers, does language take a, a big portion of how it keeps you either in a stress fight or flight or in a relaxed state? I would say so for sure. So like tone for one, yes, but also like the actual words we use. And so we can really be hard on ourselves. We can be hard on other people, especially when we're feeling fight or flight. When we're stressed, our words are naturally not going to feel as like calm and centered because our, our brain again feels threatened. And so definitely working on, I would say like the way you speak to yourself is a really good starting point because we all have this internal dialogue. And if you're always upset with yourself or, you know, putting yourself down, like you could have done better. You should have done this. You should be that. Then that's not helpful. It just makes us stress even more and even more anxious. And so if you can kind of reframe thoughts, which again, it does take some practice. It's not easy to just completely change like your internal voice, but start to kind of reframe and shift those thoughts. And um, I'm trying to think of a good example, but one thing that I really like to do is like, if you can't change the situation, can you change your perspective of it? So yeah, I'm stuck in traffic. That's nobody wants to be stuck in traffic. We got things to do, but what we can do, like, can we call a loved one during this time? Can we have like a really great connecting conversation with um, someone that we haven't talked to in a long time? Or can we turn on our meditation music and actually have 10 minutes of peace and quiet? You know, it's all about how can we make the situation, like make the most of the situation when it, when a lot of it's out of our control, like what can we control to make uh, our day to day better? I mean, someone had told me before it's that that's the event, right? It's your perception is your reality that'll affect your mood, your attitude, your, your reaction to it per se. So having that in perception, Hey, look, even though it's happening, how do I make the best of it? Exactly. Awesome. Yeah. It's, it's, but it, like you'd mentioned, it takes practice to change your attitude and had change your perception on the event or events around you. It takes time. Mm-hmm. It does. Be gentle with yourself. You know, this is, we're going to shift little by little. It's not going to happen overnight because you've been stuck in this, these ways for probably years, if not decades. And so it definitely takes some practice to get into like a different mindset about it, but definitely just start where you are, start small and you'll build on it as you go. And we talked about earlier, too, some of the things that are affecting our ability to become less anxious 
and also what causes our anxiety per se. Um, how do we start building habits? What are good tips that you give from your e? Because we'll talk about your ebook too in a minute that allow people to either at work, which is kind of hard to do at work, but even at home where the controlled environment more, how they get them to get into that relaxed state to help get out of that anxiety state. What are good tips to help people out? Well, I think it's important to talk about like the physical reasons mm -hmm. that, that you may feel stressed because it sure. certainly can be this mental, emotional, um, like expectation that we have of ourselves, but it can also be like internal physical stressors, which is one big thing that I help with, like with my clients, because everybody's got something internally in their physical body that's leading to mental distress. And so lots of things that can contribute to that. Um, one big one is sometimes people are slow metabolizers of like caffeine and stress right. hormones. So this can lead to like higher stress hormones hanging out in your brain for longer. It actually has a genetic component sometimes. So sometimes reducing caffeine can be really mm. helpful and people don't usually want to hear that. But usually when people are able to reduce it or cut it out, they're like, I don't even miss it. I, I actually feel really energetic and I feel so much less stressed. It's like an amazing shift. But um, beyond that, like we need nutrients to be able to have good neurotransmitters and hormone balance. And this often we can be deficient in nutrients because of not consuming the right foods or we're consuming too much inflammatory foods. We're not eating enough calories, period. Or there can be issues with your gut. Is there a gut dysbiosis where there's like an alteration in the gut microbiome? This can lead to inflammation in the gut, influences our neurotransmitter production on that level. And our gut talks to our brain. So if our gut doesn't feel safe and secure, it's going to tell our brain we're not safe and secure. And your brain's going to be like, okay, we're on high alert, stressed, sympathetic mode. And so that um, all gets communicated through the vagus nerve. And so we really want to focus on the gut as a priority whenever we're talking about stress, because we want to feed our body through our gut with nutrients. We want to work on vagal, vagus nerve and vagal tone by, um, you know, improving our gut health so that that signaling does tell our brain that things are okay. And Another as, as simple as protein, carbs, and fat and sugar, what are things that help our stress hormones reduce? What foods and what foods increase our stress levels and increase our anxiety? Some of the best ones I think to help reduce stress is definitely getting enough protein. You know, that might look a little bit different for everybody, but it has to be a priority. I think if you can get at least 15 to 30 grams per meal, that's like a good start. And some people may need more, but we need protein for amino acids. We need amino acids for neurotransmitters. And so that's like one of the um, biggest reasons to focus on protein, but also healthy fats. Um, I think of like walnuts, uh, salmon, avocado, different nuts and seeds. They can be really, really helpful for getting those healthy fats in. That's important for neurological functioning, our brain, nervous system as a whole, but also hormone production. Mm -hmm. um, lots of antioxidants as well. So like colorful foods, eat the rainbow when it comes to fruits and vegetables. Good. And, and with sugars, are there good sugars, bad sugars, or sugars in general are not good for you? I tend to think that some natural sugars are okay, like monk fruit and stevia, you know, they're natural sweeteners. Um, they're normally better tolerated. I don't think that we should seek to consume them because they're not that helpful, but they can actually be a good replacement for more processed sugars a lot of times. So I think that they're, you know, a much better alternative. Um, any processed sugar, I would avoid definitely any artificial sweetener. Nope, don't go there. <laughs> Well, a lot of it, like you said, changing your diet over time, 
to, okay, mm-hmm. if my diet is affecting my ability to become less anxious, more relaxed, and get out of a high-functioning anxiety state or feel the, the effects of being high-functioning anxious, at that point, can I change, instead of having three Diet Cokes a day, I can have only one. Instead of, for three cups of coffee, I can have maybe just two, then maybe down the list. You can gradually, like you said, get your body to adjust to that versus shock and even cause more stress. Yeah, because here's the thing. If someone, if you've been drinking three sodas a day and someone tells you tomorrow you're not going to have any, you're probably not going to succeed. You're probably going to find yourself really frustrated because you don't know, you're craving, your body's craving it. And so you feel like that need to have it and you don't know how you're going to get through it. And then it can be really easy to go right back to it because you didn't support your body in like the weaning process, which can come with... um, sodas, any type of sugar, junk food in general, just because like if that's your norm, you can't expect to fully shift things overnight um, is not as successful. And so definitely reducing it little by little can really carry you a long way and also make you feel successful in it, like celebrate every little win. I tell that my clients all the time, like, tell me, tell me something um, that we're celebrating this week. And it might be something so simple, but we're going to celebrate the heck out of it because every little step in the right direction is still progress. And we should be proud of that. Good. And a lot is is give yourself grace, right? You're going to have good days and bad days. You go to party and go, that cake looks delicious. I love chocolate. I'm eat the whole cake. No, but you're going to eat part of it. Don't feel like you have to do everything only one way. There's always a gray area, correct? Yeah. Yeah. You have to start where you are. And if it's either you're going to eat the whole cake or you're going to be like probably binging on something else later because you didn't have a little bit of cake, then just like you said, have a little bit and you will have that fulfillment. And there's always you know, another step we can take in the next couple of days or weeks that where you do feel like more capable and empowered to make a different decision. But you can't just put that much pressure on yourself to be perfect. Because I always say this too, like just throw perfectionism out the window. (laughs) It doesn't belong here. We have to just start where we are, baby steps. And we're, like I said, celebrate every little step in the right direction. What is it's in my head? What is a common oil that your clients don't realize you're eating or, or eating basically that they don't realize that, that you help them wean off what's a common oil or in their foods even too. I would say any vegetable oil, like canola oils, um, seed oils. So anything that's coming from like seeds or vegetables, they're just incredibly inflammatory to our gut, but also our brain. Cause again, gut and brain are connected and we really want to avoid those as much as possible because of how they're processed. They just are, they're very oxidating to the body. So they cause like, you know, the oxidative damage. And if we're not at least balancing that out with good things like the antioxidants and the colorful fruits and vegetables, then we're really going to be struggling. So I, I usually recommend like avocado oil, extra virgin olive oil, or like coconut oil are kind of my top three favorites. And part of it too is when we eat out, out, out so much too, sometimes we're going to grab a a meal here, a burrito here, or a snack here, a lot of those foods, like you had said, they, they're they made with processed oils because it's cheap. It's mm-hmm. it's good for the restaurant, good for their profits. The problem is not good for your body. Yeah, that's a hard one is the restaurants. But well, I just say try to cook at home like because then you know what's going in there. But again, that might be a big, big change for somebody. So if, if you're starting where you maybe don't cook at home at all, what is something on the restaurant menu that might better serve you that, you know, maybe we're still dealing with some oils and stuff for now, but like, what can, 
what can you get that's a healthy protein with some colorful fruits and vegetables or like a healthy starchy carb, like sweet potato, like start there. And then eventually you might be like, I can make this at home. It's not, it doesn't take that much time and I can plan for this and I can incorporate this into my schedule because it's important to me. And it doesn't, when you, and when you like, like we talked about in the previous show, I think too, when you meal prep, you think, okay, on Sunday, I'm going to have these foods ready to eat Monday, Wednesday, Friday at my house. That point, it doesn't seem like a, a big overwhelming thing. You come home from work, you're tired, you have to cook, you already have everything prepared to go. So it's not that hard to do. Yeah. A little bit of planning really goes a long way when it comes to what we're going to eat because we have to eat. And so are you going to rely on are you going to rely on like the ultra processed food that you probably don't even really like that much? It's just because it's there. Or are you going to kind of set yourself up for success and mm-hmm. a little bit of planning and maybe a little bit of prepping so that you have, you know, what you're going to eat and you're not going to find yourself so hangry and yes. reaching for the more snack foods because your body's so deplete of the nutrients that it needs. And me, for example, I love French fries. I could eat millions of them all day long. The problem is, my body doesn't like them very much down the line. So it's it's how do you find those things that you like, but also okay, what are, how do I how do I minimize those over time? Because I can have other things that make me feel full that I actually have the nutrients in my body to feel relaxed, relaxed, less stressed, and less anxious, and make that part of my routine. Also, going to the next topic too, we talked a little bit really on it. How does movement, how does the physicality of our bodies when we can get it to happen, help with anxiety and stress? Uh, like exercise and movement, is that what you were asking? Yeah. So you're, anytime you can move, I think that's wonderful because that's your body like moving that stress. So most people can, can feel a lot better when they incorporate any type of movement into their like daily, weekly routine. It doesn't have to be every day. But a lot of people also feel like it's too much of a challenge. So they're like, I don't have time for this. I don't have energy for this. So how can I like exercise for 30 minutes? So I say just start with a 10 minute walk or walk up your stairs for five minutes or some stairs like in your complex or your work building, whatever it may be. Just start with a little bit and you're probably going to feel a lot better. And you're going to be like, this was nice. I want to feel like this again tomorrow. And um one important thing when I think people are especially dealing with a ton of stress, they either have this feeling of um, I have to move fast. I have this like urgency, this like overwhelm type thing. And that can be really helpful to get that energy out in the form of exercise, especially like more um, like more physical stuff like lifting weights or um, some cardio. Although I think some people ever do cardio, <laughs> but, and then no. you have to think, the opposite of that spectrum, which where where people are more like burned out and they just feel like exhausted, like they they're just so tired. And that might be where like doing some gentle yoga or walking or just some simple stretching can be really good because you're still honoring your ability to move your body, but you're not overdoing it because there is definitely um, a, some situations where you can over exercise and cause your body more stress. And I see a lot of women do that because there's a lot of like uh, notions of like hit training and all of this, which I'm not saying there's not benefits to it, but when your body's already struggling with um, adrenal dysfunction and cortisol imbalances and stress and exhaustion, then that's only more taxing to your body and can perpetuate the cycle. So a lot of times we have to take a break from the super intense stuff and do more like loving, gentle movement instead. 
it's almost giving your body a chance to deal with a little bit. Of, and when I say exercise, it's good stress to your body. Sometimes that feels good. Okay, let's make that a little, it's going to be a little uncomfortable. But if it's painful, your body's going to react in a negative way and help guard even cause more stress, correct? More, you want to call more stress hormones, more fight or flight, more everything. Yeah. And this is kind of like a good comparison too, because you think about like, yeah, working out is a form of beneficial stress, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's helping you become like a better you know, version of your, your physical body, but you have to rest to recover from that stress. And we can apply that same concept to our day-to-day stress. If you don't rest from all the things that you're doing, then you're not going to be equipped to, you know, the next day build, you know, your career job or family, like whatever the goals that you have are without rest, like you're going to find yourself kind of stuck and probably doing more harm than good. It's almost finding that balance, correct? Can I, can I work out? Maybe you had mentioned going for a walk, spending 10 minutes walking. That feels good. I'll do 20, 30, 40 over time, maybe get to an hour, but I don't have to there. But some people that, like you said, are driven because they have high function anxiety. Okay. I want to get here. I want to, I want to, I want to make my work schedule at, or my workout schedule as important as my work schedule, I'm going to, I'm going to push, 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 and you just bring yourself up even more. So find that balance good mention is going to be the key and starting slow allows your body to adapt. So you like eating or only like for me, I'm not eating a whole box of French fries, just maybe half a box and maybe three quarters and maybe just one or two allows you to adapt slowly. So you don't feel like you're overwhelmed. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about your startup kit. Your kick, your kicking stress to the curb uh, program. How's that work? Yeah, so I historically have only offered one-on-one coaching, so it's just me and a client, and we work together for you know several months to really get to the root causes of why they're stressed, why they're not not having energy, you know, anxiety or whatever they may be struggling with, gut issues, hormone imbalances, and it's a wonderful. I love those relationships, but I also know that it's not always feasible for everybody, and so to offer another option is is something I've been wanting to do for a long time. So I've created um, a new group coaching option. So that's where we will um, have obviously multiple people going through the same type of coaching program together. And so I will, it'll be a combination of live coaching with me and then also some modules they can complete on their own in their their spare time whenever it works for them. We are doing some functional labs because I love labs. And I think a lot of people find a lot of value in this because they they get their lab results back and they're like, this is why I feel this way. Like, it's not all in my head. I'm going to go show my husband, hey, look, this is why I'm tired all the time. Okay, fine. You're right again. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's going to be a component as well. And then we'll um, walk through, walk them through like the things that I teach and the ways I support my one-on-one clients just in the group setting so that they can really reach their goals one by one. And I like it because it's support, like you said a second ago, you're supporting them one-on-one, but also in a group setting to where now that support group is set where I'm not the only one going through this. I can help someone else too. And I can see it's not just me. It's everyone deals with this at a certain point. And with the labs too, it can help rule things in, but also rule things out. Okay, no, it's not that. What else can it be? So as a group, you're supporting each other and not only short-term, but also long-term. So you know, okay, people, I can, I can, I can bend their ear if need be if I have a bad day, a bad week. Where if I have a life change of something that happened in my life, that point something medical or stressful, that point I can know how I can bend their ear too. Yeah, the community component can be incredibly impactful for people. 
like you said, so that they know that they're not alone. There are other people walking a similar path that are there to help you along the way too. And I think that when you can lean on other people and know that you're not alone, like it just makes you feel so much more capable of reaching your goals because someone else is right beside you doing it too. I love because you're starting a community and it's, it's, a, it's a big step because it takes a lot more work, as you know, to do that and keep people on the same page and keep people motivated. But over time, as you know, once you've done it long enough, it'll become your habit. So you still keep like yourself driven. You'll be also self-motivated to do the better habits, get yourself and stay on track in that better, healthy lifestyle. So between eating, thinking and doing proper actions, then your body can actually stay healthy. Talk about your ebook too, a little bit too, Lane, and kind of see how that goes. Yeah. So my ebook is called the energy rescue guide, and it really goes into the top three reasons why people struggle so much with feeling like low energy burnout and have these hormone imbalances. And then it breaks it down into three main areas of focus with action steps for each one. And they are things that anybody can start today. Um, mm -hmm. And there's also several bonuses involved, like the blood sugar balancing guide, which is such a priority when it comes to any like hormone or adrenal issues, how to improve our sleep. So there's some tips on that. And then we always talk about toxins too, like toxic overload. You know, we're exposed to so many things in our environment, the products we use, the food we eat. And so also supplying them with like a checklist of like my favorite non-toxic products. They can start, you know, incorporating those more in your life because toxins are also a stressor Good. on the body. So you really have to include those too. What I like is when I went through your ebook too, a lot of it is it's a, it's a, Hey, try this. It's giving you action steps, not just thinking about things to actually start changing your life today with little things you can do just at home or just at work and, and incorporating over time so your body can get better. What I like about this overall talk and, and my takeaway from this too, Lane, is you're giving people a way to deal with being a high-functioning, anxious person and getting them ideas how to change not your work, not your home life, nothing else, but how do you make your perception of that? How do you work around that being self-driven, maybe successful person or getting to that point without changing that attitude, working around this, you can still be successful and be anxious, but also understand how to reduce that anxiety, become more of a normal, healthy person. That's my takeaway. What's your takeaway, Lynn, for your clients and people you work with now in your community to help them start the process of dealing with their, when you call it not only identifying their anxiety, but also recovering from that to live a healthy and, and normal life? I think always remembering your body's not against you. Like your body is so brilliant and is well equipped to keep you safe at all costs. And so that's a lot of the reasons that we end up feeling like with these symptoms that are they're uncomfortable and we don't want them, but that's just our body's way of protecting us. And it's also kind of like a red flag. So if you have a headache, for example, it's annoying for sure, not comfortable, but it's also your body's cry for help is saying, Hey, there's something wrong. So it's kind of like a, a messenger. And so definitely like listen to your body and know that the reason there are reasons that you feel the way you feel. And that's your body's just way of communicating to you that something's off and really encouraging you to get to the root of these physical stressors, because when you address the physical stress and you help support the physical body with what it needs to function optimally, your mental stress will also be in a better place. I think that's phenomenal. And the way I kind of say that to my patients is you become your best doctor. Once mm -hmm. you learn these techniques and how to help your body, because everyone's body is different, right? How, whatever stressors you are, how do you negate those stressors with, with your action steps? 
allows them to negate that stress. So end of the day, end of the week, they feel like they're happy. Physically, they're happy. Their body's happy. They know, okay, if I have a headache, I'm not going to take a medication. I'm going to figure out what it's coming from and deal with that dehydration, that stressor, and negate that with exercise, stressing, breathing, listening to good music, whatever it might be for you. Not like me eating French fries. So that would be a bad thing to do, correct? <laughs> Yeah. And one, like one thing, like with what I do in, in this role is like, I'm an educator. So I'm educating them about like what their body's telling them. Why, why is your body feeling this way? But also inspiring them of like, what's possible? How can you feel? How do you want to feel in the future? And why are you going through this process? Cause you clearly you've made the commitment. So now let's, we're going to stick to it. And we're going to do this together, but also empowering them to know that they can do this. And I want to show them ways that they can start supporting their body you know, on a daily basis. And it's not just about the short term benefit. It's about a lifelong benefit, because once you learn a lot of these things, you've got that for life. You don't you know, a lot of these things won't change, but you're going to have these tools that are available to you whenever you need them. So if you, if you get yourself like in a really good place and then, you know, a couple years later, you, you start to kind of fall off a little bit. You're not as accountable as you once were. You can start, you can pick right back up and get back into it because you've already learned the techniques. I was even talking with one of my current private clients last week and I asked her how on a scale of one to 10, how confident are you in yourself that you can sustain this even after we're done working together? And she was like, oh, a nine or a 10. And we're not even done yet. Like we still got a whole nother month to work together. So we'll definitely be honing in on helping her sustain these habits long-term. It's almost, she has the confidence now she can do it on her own before she had no idea what to do. So good exactly. for you, good for you as a coach, but also good for her for learning it and keeping those action steps going, keeping and then with a group too, helping other people in a support group that community actually works and, and and will spread out to more and more people. Good. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Anything else you missed in the show or where this is everything we I, I had to cover. I think you really help people understand there is simple steps you can take today to start and change your lifestyle to make your mentality, maybe anxiety or feeling stress at a lower level so you can feel good about you. Yes, for sure. Good. good. Quick smile for the end of the show and then we'll, we'll go to the back room. All right, one, two, three, good to go. All right, let me turn the back show and we are good to go.